Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Sean Power Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. Um, his name is Cedo. Um, am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Cedo's joining me from Costa Rica. Um, he lives here in beautiful Costa Rica in uh, San Juanillo. And um, he lives in the jungle <laughs> with his family. And I'm just going to leave him give... Um, himself and little introduction. So, Cedo, give yourself a little introduction. Let the people know who you are. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Um, and my name's Cedo Nerver, and I was born in New Jersey, so the United States. So I lived most of my life there, but I've been living the last six years now in Costa Rica. And like you said, practically we're like, um, I think in miles, we're like a kilometer and a half from the beach. So that's nice, and I help with the trainings that we have here that I guess we'll go in a little later and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a little about me. <laughs> cool. I suppose the most the the first thing um, people notice is your name. <laughs> yeah. What does your name mean? Um, how do you spell it? How do you pronounce it right? <laughs> so as far as pronunciation, like there are many different ways that people pronounce it like even sometimes my parents will say it differently certain times but um it's spelled c-i-r-o and it basically came from cirrus the great so it's a kind of like its origin was cirrus the great and whatnot so the one who brought down babylon and whatnot and so my parents like that name and cool it's a cool name to have yeah. <laughs> it's not your like traditional Sean or John name. <laughs> no, I like my name too, though. But um, I think Sean's has, a cool name. <laughs> yeah, yours has a bit of history to it. <laughs> um, and you're doing um, an Ayurvedic course at the moment. Yeah. Um, like you're you're only 15 years old, and you already have like a huge um, like wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That like it's it's actually amazing to see like the amount of knowledge you have about. Um, like the philosophy of yoga which we'll go into as well um, yoga asanas like the postures and just life in, in general as well um, but Ayurveda, Ayurvedic um, like medicine and that Ayurvedic uh, food you've really taken to that um, and you're currently studying a course to become an Ayurvedic practitioner yeah do you want yeah, to tell us right. a little bit about that yeah, sure. So maybe, um, should I go a little bit into how I got into Ayurveda? Yeah, of course, yeah. So basically, I was born with uh, severe eczema and some other things. I had food allergies as well. Um, so I was actually, well, when I was born, of course, I didn't remember any of this. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like that. Maybe you did. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I probably did. Um, but so that was how my parents came across Ayurveda and whatnot, because um, the more they studied it and whatnot, the more they didn't want to take the, I guess you could call it the traditional Western um, medicine approach and whatnot, because um, they were basically, from my understanding, they were had to sign like these huge waivers um, and agreements and whatnot, because there were no studies done on people under two years of age, right? Because I think I was like 18 months at that time. So basically, they didn't know the side effects and long-term effects and as they kept on trying to, as my parents kept on trying to find a solution, they realized that nobody was even guaranteeing a long-term, like, he's going to be healed. It was more like, you're probably going to have to take this for the rest of your life. Um, so it was through that that they actually found, they actually went to an Ayurvedic doctor. And basically, just by seeing me, he was able to diagnose what was wrong and whatnot. And so that kind of opened up the door to them to Ayurveda and whatnot. And... Um, that's how I basically was later cured of my eczema and my allergies and whatnot. And so I really grew up basically practicing that in yoga or even in yoga. And at the time, it was just something that I did because that's what like, it's like, okay, you wake up and you tongue clean, you boil for you do this, that, that. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. But it wasn't until I actually I got older that I started really becoming interested in the science behind it and right because it's a whole um, medical study it's a whole medical field in India and so as I got older I started like listening to lectures and my aunt went and got her um, 
certificate in Ayurveda and whatnot. So then that was like, whoa. So through there, I just started getting more and more fascinated with it. And um, this year, I actually made the decision to, I mean, with my parents as well, we made the decision that I actually wanted to continue, like increase my knowledge on Ayurveda and whatnot. So I decided to enroll in this program as an Ayurvedic practitioner. So even though maybe it won't be as deep as an Ayurvedic doctor and whatnot, because of course that takes much more, more and more time, but I think it'll be fun because it will kind of deepen my knowledge about um, dealing with people and the different levels of disease and how to cure them and whatnot, so I'm really excited about that. That's amazing, um, amazing story. And um, you mentioned your parents there as well, and they had a huge influence yeah. on you as well. Um, and... Your mother, like she teaches here at Pure Veda, which we'll talk about later as well. Um, but I didn't know that you actually, that you were ill when you were a baby and that's how you got into it as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny you said that you grow, you just grew up with it. So it's just, it's just normal. It's like, oh, you just brush your teeth. Oh, you just tongue clean. You brush, you do your natty pot or whatever, like but other people will be like, what? what? What is he doing? <laughs> they think you're crazy because you're like it actually be- looking after yourself. Yeah, it becomes so natural because since I've been doing it for like all my life now, it's kind of like you wake up, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. You've just built that habit over years yeah. and now it's just, it's just exactly, it's just what you do. Um, and you said that, um, so you're doing the practitioner course, is it? Mm-hmm. But it is a huge commitment. I know right. it's not the the doctor, but it's still it's a two year course. Yeah, and yeah, you're fifteen definitely. years old, yeah. so like, and you do have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean it's a necessary step because even if you want to become, I guess, a doctor and whatnot, and go study in India with surgery, panchakarma, all these, um, I guess you could call it advanced treatment methods, you have to go through these courses. So it's like taking my first steps through it. Yeah, um, and just for people who have never heard of it before. What is it? Where does it come from? Um, and just how can it help them? <laughs> Ayurveda? Yeah. Okay. So Ayurveda is an ancient um, medical studies from India. I'm meaning ancient that it was developed very long ago. It's still being practiced now. Um, but it was originally mentioned in the Vedas, which are the books of knowledge from ancient India. And... Basically, Ayurveda is broken up into two words, Aryu meaning um, life and Veda meaning knowledge. Um, Depending on who translates it, some people say Veda also translates into science as well. So either way, it's knowledge of life, science of life. So it's basically this whole philosophy behind how you should live, um, you know, philosophy on food, on health, basically covers that whole topic on human health and whatnot. not just human health, also with animals and whatnot, and but it's basically that medical study behind there. So it's it's very complex, right? As you go, I mean, people study eight years um, in institutions and whatnot to get it, but it's really interesting because it basically the whole point behind Ayurveda is that we are made up of three doshas, um, which are made up of five elements. So they're five elements, which is air, water, fire, earth, and space. Um, And then those elements combined um, make up the doshas. So for an example, air and space make up uh, vata dosha, fire and water make up pitta dosha, and water and earth make up kapha dosha. And we are all made up of these three doshas, vata, pitta, kapha. And it's when these doshas go out of balance that we begin to feel um, ill, I guess you can say, well, illnesses arise. And it's interesting because according to Ayurveda, disease comes from a subtle to grosser level. So it'll chart, start with the subtlest change in your body and whatnot. And basically the whole point behind Ayurveda is how to um, gain that awareness of when you're going out of balance and then knowing the tools and techniques to, let's say, for example, my air, my vata dosha is going out of balance. How do I bring that back into balance before it causes further imbalances to my body and whatnot yeah and something that we we are losing like nearly every day (laughs) we lose some bit of it because we go to a doctor and they tell us oh you just need to take this pill or you just need to do this or that whereas if you went to an ayurvedic doctor they might say you might have you might have too much fire you need to do this 
you have too much air. Do you know, it's it's just worded differently, but with Ayurvedic, they see food as medicine mm-hmm. instead yeah. of, like, take a pill, I'll write your prescription. <laughs> no, definitely. Actually, there's a, there's a very nice Ayurvedic proverb that says, when diet is wrong, medicine is of no use, and when diet's right, medicine is of no need. So a lot of the healing comes from the way, not just the food you're eating, the way you prepare it, the way you eat it, it's, it all has its science behind it. And like going back to what you said, it's really interesting. And the thing that drew me into Ayurveda as well was going back to, oh, maybe you get a cold, you know, you get a pill, you pop it in and your symptoms, right, will vanish. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the sickness has vanished too, because when I was growing up there, you know, my friends would get sick, they would go, they'd take a pill, they'd be fine like two hours later, and then the next day they would be sick again, and they just had to keep on taking pills. And the cool thing with Ayurveda, at least for me, is it goes right to that root cause, so it's like, let's treat it from where it's stemming from, so that every, like we're just, we treat it, it's done, you're healed, that's that, you know what I mean? It isn't trying to just cover up the super superficial layers and whatnot, so that you look good, but you actually feel good as well. Yeah, it's it's just putting a plaster over the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, just take another pill and we'll be good. <laughs> but with Ayurvedic, it's... And it, it even goes down to, as you, as you were saying, like preparing the food, soaking lentils and rice, and it's a vegetarian diet mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so there's no meat at all in it. There is there's some dairy, is there? Yeah, there's dairy. Now, it's interesting because yoga and Ayurvedic diet are very uh, are slightly different because Ayurveda uh, suggests to take a uh, vegetarian diet, but on certain occasions meat is allowed to eat uh, on certain occasions. And are they special occasions? Um so or? yeah, so when you're I know they use it for calming vata dosha and whatnot there's certain times where they might prescribe meat, but then again, it has to be, um, it has to come like from a natural source, you know, of chemical free, organic, all these things and whatnot. But for the most part, it's mainly vegetarian. Um, but yeah, sometimes in rare occasions, meat is eaten. So it's not like don't eat meat, but they try to avoid it and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and dairy, yes, dairy is taken. Actually, dairy is like the, very sacred in Ayurveda because, again, with dairy, it has to come from a, a a proper source, meaning that the cow, right, has it has to be a happy cow, which you might not see. Like it's like, what's a happy cow? Well, you know, it has to be well taken care of. It should have its freedom. It should be eating natural gla- ga- grass. Sorry, <laughs> natural grass, and um, you know, no, try not like back then. There was no hormones injecting the cows to produce more milk to the, it's like the natural as possible even when you're milking the cow right singing those mantras or those hymns and whatnot and it's that milk that's so sacred which is why actually in india cows are like very deeply respected and whatnot so yeah well i think cows are respected in ireland as well we have, <laughs> we have the best grass yeah we have some of the best butter and milk in the world <laughs> um i've never tried no Irish butter. When you come, <laughs> when you come to Ireland, we'll get you some. Right. And you use ghee as well, which mm-hmm. is from butter. Yeah, yeah. That's used in like everything. Yeah. Ghee is <laughs> plays a very important role in Ayurveda. That's like, I guess you could call the most sacred of all the foods and whatnot because it's so potent. It's practically used to cure anything, even in Panchakarma. Like if they're trying to treat your eyes and whatnot, their times so they'll just like put ghee in your eyes, or they'll like. They'll massage you with ghee. If you have butta dosha imbalance, stick ghee on your food. It's used everything because it's so medicinal and whatnot. And, and I, I heard in, in India they have, they sell 100-year-old, like, aged ghee. <laughs> I don't know, is it, like, sacred or does it, like, does it age well? Is it, like, a whiskey or a wine? <laughs> so the thing I do know is I have heard of what you were saying, like, 100-year-old ghee and whatnot that, I think they buried it in the earth, right, to keep it cool and whatnot. I'm pretty sure that's what they do. Um, again, I haven't really studied much about that and whatnot, but since the ghee is clarified butter, meaning that you've uh, removed all the milk solids, so all that's left is fat, it stores quite a long time because there's no milk particles and uh, products in it, so okay. it can store for quite a bit of time. Cool. Um, and then moving on from Ayurveda to yoga, um 
because you teach yoga here as well mm-hmm. um, you teach some of the the lectures um, like ones on like hip anatomy ones on arm balancing yeah. and different um, asanas like um, different yoga postures as well but you also teach yoga classes as well mm-hmm. um, how long have you been teaching yoga classes so um, yoga classes teaching to like an audience I've actually only been doing recently I think I started not I think I started in January but again it wasn't like a set thing um, so I maybe have done a handful of classes it's I don't I'm not I haven't been doing it for a long time this is relatively new to me but and do you enjoy doing it do you get nervous before it or yeah even now <laughs> I still get nervous because I guess I want everything to go perfectly which is something I gotta work on as well like everything has you know everything isn't gonna work out perfect but sometimes yeah I get nervous and whatnot if I don't feel well prepared or whatnot but I like it I want to I guess I just want to give people like a good experience and the yoga class and whatnot so but it's definitely fun it's yeah it is definitely fun and it's all it's all a learning experience yeah. as well like you're you're only 15 yeah. i didn't teach my first class until i was maybe 20 or something oh, wow and i have a few years on you <laughs> so there's you're this, you're well ahead of of a lot of people <laughs> there's this quote i like it's try again fail again feel better so you just yeah. learn from your mistakes and whatnot you're okay it's okay to fail if, yeah. you, if you learn something from it yeah it's when we don't learn something from it and that's when maybe some problems arise um so why why is yoga for everyone is it for everyone (laughs) i would say yes yoga definitely is for everyone um i guess it also depends on why you're practicing and whatnot but yoga is there for basically anybody to enjoy right it's i guess lots of people when they see yoga it's like oh I'm not flexible enough in this and that, right? Yoga is about crossing yourself like a pretzel and <laughs> twisting around your spine and whatnot, which actually wasn't the case because, like we were talking about the other day, um, basically the first yoga pose invented was just a simple seated position, um, not even twisting the legs in these awkward ways and whatnot. It was just simply sitting there. And from there, all the other asanas were created, but... I would definitely say yoga is for everybody because there's right there's a way like once you get once you start going to classes and whatnot and maybe you develop your personal practice yoga you can cater it to each individual and whatnot so maybe you know maybe you are a little bit stiff and whatnot and that's no problem right you can just cater the poses so that it's accessible for everybody and for me it's it's amazing for anybody because it brings such a sense of peace and tranquility and there are lots of people who have really benefited from it and whatnot. So, yeah, I would say yoga is for anybody. And, like, when when you say, I do yoga to somebody, the first thing they think of is, oh, he rolls out his mat and, do you know, he might get his blocks. And yeah. He does, like, all these uh, down dogs and up dogs. Yeah. And that's what the first thing people yeah. think of. Oh, he's trying to get flexible. But there's a lot more mm-hmm. to yoga than, mm-hmm. than being flexible. Um, you can never roll out your mat and you can be what they call like a yogi yeah or you can do yoga every single day of your life and just not grasp the concept Mm -hmm. of yoga just see it as like an exercise which is okay as well i mean like you're you're making your body fit Mm -hmm. and healthy um but like yoga goes so much deeper than that but just in the west we see it as like I'm going to a yoga class. Mm-hmm. I'll be finished in an hour. Mm-hmm. But yoga really starts when you step out the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly what you said. Like, I, lots of nowadays, yoga is considered of the asana practice or the poses, right? Which, if you look at the Ashtanga or the Eightfold Path, which are the eight steps to, I guess you could call it enlightenment, it's the third one, the third step up there. And yeah, it's, it's, yes, there are poses and whatnot, and the poses play their role and whatnot, but it's about how to take, right, your practice off the mat. It's not just like you were saying, the poses and whatnot, it's how you interact with life and whatnot. But it is a good way to get people into yoga, because yeah. it's, it's easier to do something physical, mm-hmm. and then you can introduce your pranayama, which is mm-hmm. like your breath work, there's loads of different techniques, and then somebody might go, oh what's this breathing thing like like how I got into into yoga I was doing it to become more flexible so I wouldn't get injured doing jiu-jitsu and MMA and then I was like oh there's a bit more to uh 
to yoga than just stretching and rolling around on the mat. What's this breath work thing? Yeah. Oh, what's that called? Yeah. And then just started going a bit deeper and a bit deeper and found out different styles, looked into the history of it, and I was like, this goes way back. Yeah. <laughs> this is like 5,000 years old. Yeah, yeah, it goes <laughs> super way back. And going back to what you were saying, yeah, it's like it's important to eventually become flexible as well because it's through, right, opening different muscles and uh, yeah, the muscles and the energy channels through your body that you're then able to proceed to, I guess you could call like the next levels, right? Finding, right? The whole point of yoga is to find your best self and whatnot. And the only way to do that is through releasing any of these tensions, stress and trauma and whatnot through the body. And the only way to, one of the most efficient ways to do that is through the poses, you know, lengthening the muscles, twisting anything out and whatnot so definitely what you what you were saying it's definitely important to eventually become flexible so that you can then see oh there's the breath work oh there's the meditation oh and then this has a knock-on effect to well, literally every other area of your life mm-hmm. um like mental health well-being um it can affect like literally any every every and any area <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's Yoga can be used for so many things, right? It's, you can be used as an exercise. It can be used as a therapy. It can be used as a meditation. It You can basically use it for whatever you want. Yeah, It is, and it's always there. Even if you don't have your mat, even if you don't have space to do, uh, like, your physical practice, mm-hmm. you just you can close your eyes. Mm-hmm. You can be on a bus, and you can do yoga. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. going to be doing a headstand on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you can just close your eyes and breathe in, breathe out, and mm-hmm. do some some yeah. technique. Maybe some of the the subtler uh, yeah, pranayama yeah. techniques, not like um, any of the like <laughs> bellows breath or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, any of that. You're just like do on like, the bus and suddenly decide to do like breath of fire. Yeah, you're just like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to read a book. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's exactly what you said, right? It's the whole point of yoga is how to find this inner peace throughout the whole world and whatnot so eventually right you're just gonna have to be comfortable sitting with yourself and it's the it's the inquiry of the self like the first yoga sutra now the inquiry of yoga and it's just super important because it's through connecting like throughout throughout our culture and whatnot we tend to move away from who we actually are and an analogy i like to use is coats it's almost as if through our stages of life we get these coats or you're a student coat or you're uh you become like uh a student in college coat you're taking these courses you become a father or a parent or a lawyer this or that you just get bundled up with all these coats and you have to like take off these coats to find that like your essence of your being is like covered under all these layers of i guess you could call coats that you put onto it and that's basically yoga trying to Right, remove each layer and figuring out who you actually are because you're not really according to yoga you're not defined by your profession by this and whatnot right you're trying to figure out who you are who right what is this subtlest essence of that's creating me and whatnot and so that's really interesting because it's how we had how to find this inner peace throughout our everyday life i love that analogy of the coats yeah because we keep putting coats on it might be as you said like i'm a student yeah i'm a teacher whatever but it might be something that happened to you yeah like a traumatic experience yeah you put on that coat and eventually if you put if you keep putting on one coat even every every year yeah that's a lot of coats by the time you're 60 70 years old and eventually your back is going to break you can't hold the weight anymore and it's something that i feel like we are constructed from such a young age. It's like, oh, you are this. You're a good boy. You're a bad boy. You're a cranky. <laughs> we're this and that. And you just like, I've like obviously like when you're learning language and whatnot, right? You have to kind of def- that's the whole point of language to define things so that we can communicate. But it's also kind of like from such a young age we're kind of being forced these coats onto, and right, your essence is slowly, slowly being covered up and whatnot. It's amazing. I love that analogy. I'm going to remind everyone now that he's still only 15 years old. <laughs> when when are you 16? Uh, August 23rd. Okay. Yeah, so, so up. he's almost 16. So <laughs> don't feel too bad. <laughs> so, um, what is your plan for the future? 
you have a big future ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's something that I, I, well, mostly my grandparents ask me. You become, you're going to be 16. What you want to do? I think you're uh, an old soul. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but no, definitely, definitely, you've been here before. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of projects, profession, yeah, anything. Everything, yeah, all of the above. I want uh, to know it all. Yeah, <laughs> well, obviously, I want to continue um, as a, uh, an instructor of yoga. So I guess you'd call it a yoga teacher, but I want to kind of like what my parents are doing right now my mom especially continue providing this education and the philosophy to um anybody really who wants to learn because i think it's just so important especially you look at today's society and whatnot and you know there's all these like you know you got these racial issues this this and that and you know everybody sometimes there's not we're starting to what they call like going coming away from this harmony and whatnot even with ourselves there's so many people who are suffering from like depression sadness all these illnesses and whatnot and so I just want to provide a way so that people can take a moment and stop and really connect with themselves once more because throughout their life they've just kind of forgotten themselves who they really are and whatnot and I think it's like when you neglect something, it starts to fail you. So that's what I start to think going um, into that water experiment. Um, I don't remember his name. Um, maybe you remember it. It's the Japanese professor. Japanese guy, yeah. Yeah, who did it with the water and how with they were saying these, you know, they were praising this one container of water and kind of neglected the other one. And the one they were praising showed like these beautiful patterns of like snowflakes and whatnot. And the other one, when you looked under it with a microscope, it kind of just look disturbed and almost withering and whatnot and I think that's the same with your body like if you start to neglect it push it past right when it's telling you to stop and obviously like people have to work and whatnot right that's kind of the only way to survive sadly is through working you know gaining your money so you can survive and whatnot but I think it's also important that at a certain time to reconnect with your body because the more you neglect it the more it's going to start to wither start to fail you not fail you but you know you these issues will start to arise health issues especially so I just kind of want to provide that reconnecting to yourself right bringing that awareness back into the body and whatnot so that people can feel better and really discover that inner peace and whatnot so that's definitely one thing I want to to continue right this yoga education and whatnot um, and of course I guess we won't get into so much of it now because it's so complex and whatnot um so we're kind of skimming the surface um but another thing is continuing the ayurvedic studies i want to eventually become an ayurvedic doctor as well um because i feel like yoga and then kind of yoga and ayurveda work you they call them sister sciences and whatnot and yoga has its therapy behind it as well but ayurveda is kind of specialized in that um, health related problems and bringing balance and whatnot so I definitely want to uh, continue into that because it's something that fascinates me like I just like knowing how the body works and really like one thing I was thinking about when I decided to enroll in my Ayurvedic course was I just want to provide a method or a path to healing that resonates with each individual that's like most intuitive to them so it's not kind of like the you have cancer, everybody's going to do this treatment, but it's like, it's individualized so that it resonates with them because if it resonates with them, there's more of a chance of healing, right? If they believe in it, there's more of a chance of healing. So I just want to provide another uh, alternative way of healing and whatnot. Um, maybe something else that I kind of haven't started more, uh, hadn't, haven't got much into is I really like music. And so I was kind of thinking that I wanted to create music to, as a way to raise this awareness through yoga and whatnot, right? Awareness of the self, awareness with anything that's going on with the world, like harm, like just spreading this message about connecting with yourself, being, right, that ahimsa being nonviolent to anybody. So those are just some things that have kind of just, I've been thinking about or whatnot. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that because you 
you have loads there to work with. Yeah. <laughs> you could live until you're a thousand and you could still be doing it. Yeah, I, I always joke with my grandparents and my mom. Like, at the rate I'm going, I'm never going to stop studying or stop going to school. I'm just going to be like the rest of my life. Always <laughs> yeah. studying something new and whatnot. But that's what you have that, to do. There's always, there's always something to learn. Yeah, definitely. And that's the beauty of it as well. <laughs> sometimes it's a curse, but sometimes... Yeah. More, the majority of the time it's it's the most exciting part of yeah. it as well yeah no definitely learning uh, how to work with it too and right doing it but not pushing yourself because you can make your experience with learning and your career and whatnot the best or you know if you start to hate it then it becomes not such so good of a great thing so keeping that positive attitude with exactly. it exactly right? there's a fine line there even with like your physical yoga practice mm-hmm. if you're like oh i have to go and do yoga again then you're kind of maybe you've lost the love for it a small bit. Yeah. Maybe like cut down the days or mm-hmm. instead of doing it like I have to do it seven days a week mm-hmm. or I'm not going to reach somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can just cut it back and That's say, okay, I'm going to just do it three days, yeah. give my body a rest mm-hmm. and then hit, hit it hard again next week. Or That's, That's something I talk with my brother and my dad um, mostly about. It's like you see all these things. Oh, wow, that job must be so cool. Like, you see these people working and whatnot, like whittling or woodworking or carpentry or, I don't know, working with stone and whatnot. And then you start thinking about it. Yes, it's fun. But then once you have that, right, once that becomes your job, you have to get up every day, go back eight hours working. Then, like, I guess the more you do it, the more it's like, oh, this isn't so fun anymore. Yeah. It's fun when when you can do it when you want. And then once it starts kind of becoming, it can turn a whole different picture around that's where you have to come i wasn't going to get into the the three gunas but that's where you come from a kind of a, a satwa place yeah um do you want to explain the gunas really quick for people who have never yeah. heard of it because there will be people who are like what are these gunas so there are the three <laughs> gunas which are satwa rajas tamas and they're mostly used in um they're really deeply used in ayurvedic um medicine and whatnot so basically tamas is like this state of darkness and ignorance and whatnot so let's just leave it at that for now and maybe go a little deeper rajas is like this stimulating energy right um the doers and whatnot and sattvas resolves pure consciousness light and whatnot so it's i guess what you could call uh the inner peace that you're trying to perceive the best self you're trying to connect with the sattvic energy and it's through depending on what you want to do depends on which guna you're trying to connect with because with most people right they have to still interact with the world and whatnot so they are going to have to embody that rajasic energy period right because it's just not simply they they're going to have to use that rajasic energy to move through life but they're also going to have to try to embody some of that sattvic energy to bring that inner peace and whatnot and the tamasic energy is usually what happens when um when health issues start to rise and whatnot it's normally an energy that you can slip into but you're trying to stay away it's it's kind of like i don't want to say a bad energy but it's more like darkness and something you don't want to try to skip uh slip into yeah kind of like a a laziness or yeah uh, that kind of an attitude yeah you don't want to do anything or but again you said it's not good or bad because you need that at sometimes like at 11 o'clock at night you don't want to be like stimulated yeah. you want to be more yeah. Tomas, uh, Thomas and because you're going to go to sleep <laughs> um, and then Rajas Ra- what was your question sorry uh, you went through um, Satwa, Rajas and Thomas yeah did you go through the three of them yeah yeah oh sorry yeah um, yeah so uh, just back to like your, your what we were talking about working you're coming from from it from a satwa perspective Mm -hmm. but it's when it goes into the other two gunas that it can become Mm -hmm. almost like a chore Mm -hmm. um but i think it goes in cycles sometimes like that if you take on too much work Mm -hmm. or if you have like a a difficult client or a difficult patient i'm Mm -hmm. sure you'll have lots of them in the future um then it can but it's just to find yourself oh i'm slipping into Mm -hmm. this type of energy yeah. And then that's where Ayurveda comes in as well. Okay, what's wrong? Okay, I didn't sleep right last night. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe that's it. Get a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydrate. <laughs> that's the amazing like, thing. It's just 
developing this awareness on figuring out the patterns when you're falling into this energy, when you're falling and just trying to keep that balance and whatnot. And then going back really quickly to the three gunas, um, food in general also, I don't know if we'll get into it, but uh, they're categorized. Um, there's certain foods that are rajasic, um, there's certain foods that are sattvic, and there's certain foods that are tamasic and whatnot. And obviously this, well not obviously, but the sattvic foods um, promote mental clarity, so they're preferably eaten for those who want to just focus on going inward, um, right, achieving that mental clarity, I guess you can call achieving that enlightenment, and then the rajasic foods are more stimulating spices, for an example, or rajasic um, tomatoes, peppers, those types of foods also are, just to name a couple, are rajasic, and those foods are mainly eaten by those who need basically the workers, right? You have to get up, you have to go to work, you need that energy to make it through the day and whatnot, um, and you need that rajasic food, that rajasic energy to make it through, but you wouldn't necessarily eat rajasic foods if you're trying to meditate because you want that mental clarity and whatnot. So it, going back, that's basically what Ayurveda is, figuring out that there's different types of energy, different types of foods, different types of patterns, and it depends on what you want to do, would depend what you eat, how you act, and very complex in that way. It's there are it's, different tools for the toolbox and whatnot. Yeah, it's complex, but it's simple at the same yeah. time. It's so simple when you break it down like that. It's yeah. like, okay, I, I I'm going mm-hmm. to work every day, yeah. like physical work, yeah. maybe doing gardening or yeah. laying blocks or something. I'm going to need this type of food. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to like meditate. I'm going to mm-hmm. eat this type of food. Mm-hmm. Do you know? It's, yeah. It's really simple when you put it like that. No, definitely, definitely, and. It's so interesting because when I was starting to learn Ayurveda and the food um, energies, I always thought that like, oh, you want to just eat sattvic foods and rajasic. Tamasic foods no one really eats because they're like spoiled, rotten foods and whatnot. And I don't, I mean, obviously there's certain people who eat that just because they don't have another choice and God bless their hearts and hopefully they are able to get out of that situation and eat something else and whatnot but um for the most part i used to think that oh you just want to eat sattvic foods and then i when i was studying ayurveda and whatnot i came across that quote and it just made so much sense that just depending on what your life is depends on what you want to eat because if you're working and whatnot you're going to need that extra boost if you're trying to meditate you're going to need that clarity and it just like clicked in there changed my perspective and whatnot which was nice it is yeah because i like I would have just thought, oh, yeah. I'm just going to eat all these yeah. sattvic foods yeah. and then I'll like I'll be perfect then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if I'm going to do like, a workout or something or a hard yoga class, yeah. obviously I'm going to need, like you're going to need more calories yeah. as well. So you're going to need more mm-hmm. rice, more beans, mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, to fuel that workout. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing work as well, to fuel that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. It just makes somewhat sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, we never actually got into pure Veda, mm-hmm. so first of all, do you want to tell us uh, the name, uh-huh. how you came up with the name, because it's pretty cool. So, um, Pura Veda comes from, it's a play on Pura Vida, which is the national saying of Costa Rica, I guess you could call it. Um, it basically means anything, you can use Pura Vida to respond to anything. How are you, Pura Vida? <laughs> <laughs> how was your lunch, Pura Vida? <laughs> um, but Pura Vida directly translates into pure life um and then veda which is how we got buddha veda veda comes from like the ancient books the books of knowledge from india and i don't actually remember when we first started calling ourselves that name um but when before we opened buddha veda here at the beach we were living in monteverde and we were running this airbnb and we actually were offering um, Ayurvedic foods and whatnot, like fresh farm-to-table foods and whatnot. So we started actually using, we called the cafe, I guess you could call it Pura Veda. And we came, when we came down here, we were like, oh, what should we name this project and whatnot? So we named it Pura Veda. And so that kind of plays off the words of Ayurveda and Pura Vida because what we're trying to teach people here is like that pure, uncont- uncontaminated knowledge. And that's the little history behind the name. <laughs> Such a cool name. Yeah. Um, I love the play on the words. Um, and it actually took me a few times of reading it, of going, oh, 
did they spell Vida wrong? Yeah, yeah, Vida. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's the Vedas. Yeah, oh. It's, it's so funny because you would say like, we like sometimes people are like, oh, what do you call? We're like, Pura Veda. And they're like, oh, we can remember that. We're like, but it's not Pura Vida. They're like, oh, it isn't? Yeah. And they're like, no, it's V-E-D-A. <laughs> you like type it into Google sometimes and they'll like autocorrect and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. People always think it's Pura Vida. Pura Vida is everywhere. It's so funny. Um, and then, yeah, so... Tell us a bit about what you do here at Pura Veda. <laughs> so we, like I said, we've opened this project about three years ago. So I'll give a little history about it, a quick, brief history. Um, so basically, we came down here. We met someone. They were like, oh, we have land by the beach. And at that time, we were trying to open up this project and whatnot and buy some land here. And my parents never thought they were going to live by the beach and whatnot just because I guess in the states and whatnot, what they thought about the beach, they're like, oh, we don't really want to live there and whatnot. Just like, I guess what they thought the beach was. And then we came here and it was super chill, beautiful beach, not a lot of people. So we actually bought this land and it was basically like jungle. Like you, to see the land, you had to go with machete and like whack your way through bush. And we cleared out a little area with a backhoe um, so that we could set up tents and whatnot. And so we actually camped eight months. Um, just in a Coleman tent, a Swiss Army tent, um, no bathroom or whatnot. We had to use the bathroom in the woods. We brought water down through some pipes, makeshift shower, cooking kind of like on a campfire at first. And then we uh, got, that was really, when we started, we started a little bit with the fire, but then we got uh, a little stove and makeshift stove with a gas tank and whatnot. So we lived like that for eight months and then we obviously built a little shed so we could store things in and then from there we started adding we built a little bungalow um a tent platform so we first lived in the tent then we lived in the tent platform when that was built and then little by little we started expanding and so we built our house and all the construction minus the yoga shala was built in uh one year the yoga shala is uh, recently new um that we built a little later because we we're starting to get more people, so we wanted to build it up. So basically, um, we offer, we wanted to offer uh, yoga teacher trainings here. We also offer Ayurveda cooking immersion. So it's kind of like a little retreat wellness center and whatnot. And that's kind of like the vision here to continue that. And it's, and it's an amazing spot here in the middle of the jungle. Um, when you said that it was all jungle beforehand, you just can't think yeah. what it used to look like yeah. because it's so clear now yeah. and like you, you uh, grow a lot of your own stuff here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like Freddie was showing us around, I think the first or second day and like the amount of flowers and um, like fruit and everything that you grow here is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we've really put a lot of work into it three years of constant work even now like obviously it's much less you know we have our time to relax and whatnot um but we're always constantly working like we they, we had lots of invasive species of of trees and whatnot that just weren't native they were super bad for the soil and whatnot so we and the so- soil was super unfertile and whatnot so we just worked on eliminating all the invasive trees, planting fruit trees, bananas, limes, lemons, papayas, mangoes, soursop, all these different trees are making our own compost, trying to fertilize that soil and get it whatnot. And so we really have tried to make it like a food forest and whatnot. Like you said, I love it. Like you'll just wake up, you'll have the howler monkeys passing right by our house and whatnot the birds and whatnot so it's, it's amazing special every day i see like a different butterfly a different uh, flower a different bird and mm-hmm. uh, there's always something to look at yeah <laughs> and it's actually it's good that the the internet connection is not the best here and it's actually good because you're not just stuck in your phone yeah. all the time you're like oh i didn't notice that flower yesterday yeah oh look at that tree yeah. oh look at the monkeys up there yeah no. <laughs> or there's a bird outside i don't know can you hear that <laughs> yeah it's 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 definitely it was definitely nice to move out here because it just gave it gave me a whole different perspective on life and whatnot like i would have never imagined living like in the jungle a mile from the beach and whatnot it's amazing it is um so I have one 
little game to finish. All right. <laughs> it's just going to ask you 10 quick fire questions and you just have to say whichever one comes to your mind first, okay? So start so off. So you're going to ask a question yeah. and I just have to answer or Uh yeah, I'll give you options. Okay. So like this or that. Okay. So uh, I'll start off nice and slow or nice and easy first. So, fruit or veg? Uh, fruits. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> uh, bliss balls or kombucha? I'm going to go with bliss balls. <laughs> Long hair or short hair? Long hair. Everybody's hair is like down to his waist. <laughs> Costa Rica or USA? Uh, <laughs> I have to answer it. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Costa Rica. <laughs> Beach or jungle? Meaning, which one I prefer? Yeah. Beach. Oh, do you live in the jungle? That's true. <laughs> um, wet season or dry season? Wet season. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Tea or coffee? Huh? Tea or coffee? Tea. Uh, live to eat or eat to live? Live to eat or eat to live. I always get confused with these things. Which one is I eat because that's what I need to live? Eat to live. Eat to live. Live to eat or eat to live? No, eat to live. <laughs> I used to live to eat. Now I eat to live. Before I was just like, that was something that Ayurveda taught me too. Like I just would eat like three plates of food and I was just like stuffing myself and that actually caused lots of imbalances for me and whatnot. So... Again, just yeah. knowing your body. Yeah. Do you mind if maybe I add a couple other things? Yeah, just because I think yeah. it would just before we wrap it up and whatnot. I think it'd be kind of cool to whoever's listening if maybe I gave them a couple things that maybe they could implement in their yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. Um, one, I just wanted to go quickly on dinacharya, which is basically your morning routine, and in Ayurveda that has such a important uh, concept and whatnot because it's just developing this morning routine so that you know, right, each morning you, you naturally know what you need to do, right? You do this, 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 this to prep yourself for your day, to prepare, you know, clean yourself and whatnot. And it's just really nice because it just gives you that routine of what you need to do and it just becomes a part of your life. Um, so for those of you who might want to add something, right, maybe add, integrate a little bit of Ayurved to your life, Tongue cleaning is always nice, right? You can get copper tongue cleaners. Copper, um, because just copper is mostly used in Ayurveda because it's kind of like a neutral metal and whatnot. And it has this whole science behind that, but I won't get too much into that. But that's really nice because um, as we go through day, our days and whatnot, we will get a thin uh, white coating or it can be yellow and whatnot. And that's called ama. It's toxins and whatnot. And so we just, in the morning, you just scrape those that white coating off your tongue and whatnot. It's really important just to do it in the morning because the tongue is um, related to different organs of your body. And so if you do it while, like in the night, your organs are starting to try to shut down to go to sleep and whatnot, to repair and whatnot. And so you can stimulate them again. And okay. that is exactly... I've been doing that night and in the morning, <laughs> so maybe I'll just keep it to the morning. Um, oil pulling is also really nice. Um, coconut oil or sesame oil. Uh, sesame oil is mostly recommended in Ayurveda, but if you don't have access to that, you can use coconut oil as well. And that's just really good because it, again, removes toxins from the body. It um, It's just really good. It cleans the bacteria from your teeth, cleans your teeth. It develops healthy gums, healthy teeth and whatnot. And you just swish that around your mouth. It's almost like a mouth oil massage. You swish that around your mouth for five to ten minutes, and then you can spit that out and then brush your teeth. I guess those would be two things you can integrate in your dinacharya. Another thing that I found really helpful, and this will be the last one I mentioned, um, is being mindful of how you're eating. Because for me, like I was saying, I was just eating so much food um, simply because maybe I, I knew, like I, I was familiar with only eat to, in Ayurveda they say you should only eat to your burp because... Once you burp, that's basically your body telling you, okay, that's all the food I can hold, I can't hold anymore. And I kind of just ignored that um, throughout life and whatnot, and that was just leading to lots of problems. I actually felt like 
I had lots of acidity. I was having acid reflex. Like my stomach was just like, I would eat three plates of food. I would still feel like I was hungry. An hour later, I had to eat again. And I switched actually because my mom and then we were uh, reviewing some of what this could be and whatnot. And again, that came up, the burp, eating till you burp. And when I, and immediately it was like that. I started eating till I burped and immediately everything, I could go two and a half hours to three hours in between meals, which is ideally what you want to wait between two meals. And so it's just so helpful, at least for me, and I think it'll be helpful for so many people because especially in America, they most people eat more than what's like, I think it was like the average American eat gets 200% more of the actual nutrients they need. And it's just so interesting because once you eat more than you can digest, right? Once you eat, let's say you burp, that's when your body tells you you can't digest anymore. If you continue eating, your body just won't digest that excess food. It will start to ferment in your stomach. And that, basically the root cause to all diseases in Ayurveda stems from maldigestion. Um, particularly with food, um, it can also be in the tissue and whatnot. I'm not going to go too much into that. Um, but it's just super important, at least for me, I thought I would share with you guys because it just helped me so much and it's just really developing that awareness of right eating to you burp and whatnot and maybe you'll see if you practice it maybe you'll see a result i saw a result and i just thought i'd share it with you guys yeah so those definitely are the, thanks little tips i wanted to share three tips and they're like Tom. very cost effective yeah. <laughs> like yeah a tongue tongue cleaner scraper you can get it for like a dollar yeah. or a euro or whatever currency mm-hmm. <laughs> 2000 colones oil pulling you oil probably have oil <laughs> you probably have oil at home um you say coconut oil or sesame oil sesame oil um and then eating till and then food. eating till you're full yeah that's free yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that those are the three things that that will maybe help you and again it, eating till you burp it just brings that awareness to how your body's feeling till you're eating right getting that awareness oh i burped okay let me lay off and whatnot in Hopefully you'll notice change and whatnot. Definitely. Thanks a million. Thanks for the tips. And I think we're on. I think this is my longest uh, podcast. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> definitely one of the most interesting podcasts. Um, thanks a million. And um, looking forward to seeing what you're going to be doing in the next few years. Yeah. And I'll definitely have you on the podcast again thank in you. a few months, few years, whatever. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for, a million. It was amazing to have the opportunity to have this conversation with you and whatnot. So thanks for having me. Um, just before we go, tell people where you can get, um, where they can get in contact if they want to do yoga, te- yoga teacher training or find out what you're doing here. So the for the yoga teacher trainings and whatnot, um, info about Pura Veda, you can go to puraveda.org, P-U-R-A-V-E-D-A.org. Um, you can, right there, you, there's a whole what we offer, what not, how to get in contact with us, and then that was it, right? Or yeah. how to get in contact Just with Just how to get in contact with you. Yeah. Um, and then me is, I have an email, that's the only thing, but I don't have social media or whatnot. Should yeah. I give the email? If, if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So my email is, maybe you can put in the description. Uh, yeah, I can put it, I'll put the email in the show notes. Perfect. Cool. So thanks a million again, and um, everybody, get listening. <laughs>